0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. How exciting is that? I want to say a special welcome to all of our locations in Virginia, everybody online and church. Can you help me welcome LifePoint Louisville for the very first time? Come on, make some noise! Let them know how much you love them. We are so so proud and so excited today to be gathering as one global family, um, all across the world online, all across the United States, um, in our locations and family churches. And I just want to say to LifePoint Louisville, for the first time, been able to speak to you how incredibly proud we are of everything that God is doing in and through you we say often that great churches aren't built on the talents of a few but on the sacrifice of so many people and every life changed every person that steps into the water of baptism every person that is finding freedom getting on the growth track discovering their purpose and then out and making a difference in the lives of others not just inside the four walls of a church but in your community, in your state. I just want you to know, every one of you are building God's church. He's about it, he's proud of you. And uh, we just, Tammy and I love you, love you so much, and we're just honored to be on the the journey with you. And, uh, And so one more time, let's put our hands together and welcome everybody today. Hey, school's back in session, everybody. All the parents said amen. And uh, assignments are starting to be given out. How many of you remember assignments? Come on, everybody, show of hand. You remember assignments, school assignments? Some of you are like, yeah, I don't know if they gave them or not. You didn't raise your hand. <laughs> that, could, that could be a reason for your grades, maybe. Um, but uh, no, I remember assignments coming out. I, I didn't really pay much attention to them. I wasn't the best student. Um, A lot of prayers by my mom, I'm sure. like I I, I turned out all right in the end. Um, But I remember assignments coming out. My kids are getting assignments. It's in that season. But I do remember one assignment that when I was in college, I think it was around my junior year, everybody had to take this um, Bible class. Ministry majors had to take this Bible class. And the assignment was this, is that by the end of the semester, it was really one assignment. You had one big grade. You had to write a, a commentary on 1 John, the book of 1 John like ended up being mind to think about 130 pages. And that was your one assignment. I was like, I don't know if I really need school to do what I wanted. Like, <laughs> can I drop out at this point? Anybody? You know, I was like, this is, this is a major assignment. Like, shouldn't this be in the master's level? Like 130, I didn't sign up for all this, but I remember that one assignment. And here's what I know about the assignment that if I had ignored it along the way, I would have been in trouble at the end. How many of you know that's true, that, that when you get an assignment, and all of us, whether we you know are, are believers in Jesus or not, we've all experienced assignment. Men, if you've ever had a honey-do list, you've had an assignment, right? Like if you've ever watched the news correspondent, they'll be like, I'm on, come on, everybody said, I'm on what? I'm on assignment here in wherever they are. And all of us have been through assignments, but here's what I know about them. If you ignore them, then you can pay the price for it later in your life or later in the experience or later in the semester. And here's what I wanna talk to us today about us as the church, as a global church, not just LifePoint Church, but the big C. When we say big C church, we're talking about the, the thing that Jesus came to build that has been going for thousands of years, that has billions of people around the globe, a part of it, that we are on an assignment That that Jesus himself, King Jesus himself has given every one of us, not not the organization, not not the, the building that we come to, not the campus that we, but every one of us, we are the church and we have an assignment. And I don't know if you know that or not, but you have an assignment. I have an assignment. Everybody in Louisville, you have an assignment and it didn't come from a teacher. It didn't come from a professor. It didn't come from your spouse. It didn't come from your employer. It came from Jesus. Jesus himself. Amen. I want to show you to you five different times in the New Testament if you're with me say amen. amen. First we see it here in Matthew. Some people call it the great commission. I want to call it your assignment. Your own assignment. It says therefore go, somebody shout go. go. And make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That I've got an assignment for you. It's that you would go. It's not that you would stay. I've got an assignment. It's not a holy huddle of us four and no more. I've got, hello, somebody. I've got an assignment, I've got something for you to accomplish in the earth, I've got something for you to do that is more than eight to five, Monday through Friday, until you hit 65, so then you can go to Hardee's in the morning, get your biscuit, and... Come on, somebody, y'all know I'm telling the truth. I grew up in East Tennessee, every morning, same group, at Hardee's, eating a biscuit, getting coffee, talking about the news, and everybody in town. Anybody else grow up in that? Okay, all right. Mark said this, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. There you see it again, we're to to go. Luke tells us this, he is with my authority, take this message of repentance to the nations Beginning in Jerusalem, beginning in your hometown, starting out in Louisville, starting out in Richmond, starting out in Spotsy, starting out in your town in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who... This is good news that we're sharing. It's not bad news. It's really good news. John said it this way. He said, as the Father has sent me, catch that, God put Jesus on an assignment Who are we to think that we don't have an assignment? He says, as the Father sent me, now I'm putting you on an assignment. Acts 1 says it this way, you'll receive power. In other words, this isn't gonna happen by your own strength. When you hear Pastor Sean and Jen talk about the miracle of what's happening in Louisville, it's not because that's just a cool phrase to use in the church. It's because we understand that unless the power of God moves in a city or among a people, then nothing is going to happen. Are you with me? He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And look at this. You're going to be my witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Witnesses. And here's where you're going to do it. You're going to do it in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria. You're going to do it in your hometown. You're going to do it in your state and nation. And then you're going to take it to the ends of the earth. You're on assignment. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I've got an assignment. Look at your second choice and say, you've got an assignment. You've got an assignment. Hey, here's, here's what I want you to see, church. This is why It matters. This is why it matters. This is is why as, as soon as was safely possible, the church was open, this church. This is why I looked at it and goes, no, I'm an essential worker. Why? Because I'm on an assignment from heaven. Hello, somebody, are you with me? I have a divine assignment. My assignment didn't come from a corporation. My assignment, your assignment didn't come from my parents. You're my assignment. It came from heaven. I'm on a divine assignment in the earth to build the church of Jesus Christ. You and I have been given an assignment to go and to make disciples. This is why it matters. This is why Life Point College matters. Pastor, why do we why do we waste time? Can't we just like. Why we, why we gotta open all these campuses and why we gotta plan all these churches and why we gotta take care of the needs of the poor and why can't we just have a little hole? Isn't it big enough? This is why it, it matters. Why? Because there is a divine assignment from heaven and we are on it. Hello, somebody. Why does the college matter? Because we're an assignment and the assignment requires workers. So we're raising up a generation of leaders that'll go out and what? Fulfill the assignment that Jesus gave us. I'm excited to tell you, mentioned it last week. We have student housing secured for Life Point College for the first time. That is all the building is all ours. It's good news, y'all. We welcomed our largest student body to date this. This last week, actually, they started. We have, we have graduates that are serving the church on assignment in Virginia, in Kentucky, in Tennessee, in California, in Massachusetts. Hello, they need Jesus in Massachusetts, being youth directors and children's pastors and administrative support and, and all kinds of roles in the church. Why does that matter? Because we're on assignment, everybody. We're on assignment. Are y'all following me? This is why family churches matter. Why are we planning why why Louisville? Why Germany? Why more are in the pipeline that I haven't shared with you yet? Why? Because we are on We're on assignment and it's from heaven and it matters. What we do matters. We just don't come together on a weekend and check some religious box and, and so we can hear some good music, although we have some fantastic music. And, and so you can get a break and have childcare. No, we're not childcare. We are praying over your kids and pouring the word of God into your kids and and helping them see they have an assignment. We're all on assignment. The ultimate end of every believer is not just to know God. It is to make a difference in the world around them, to get on the assignment of Jesus. We're on assignment. You and I are on assignment. Why do we, why do, we do so much outreach? Why do we give so much money away in missions? Because we're on assignment. Why right now is your generosity building medical makeshift facilities in Haiti because we're on assignment? Why right now is your generosity preparing for Afghan refugees who will be at Quantico here in Virginia and be a part of caring for them in partnership with our Marines? Why? Because we're on assignment. Why did in the last three months your generosity rescue girls out of human trafficking and help get them freedom in their soul skill training for their life so they don't have to go back to that lifestyle? So they never find themselves in bondage again because we're on assignment. Why do we have feeding programs for the poor? Because we're on assignment. Why do we build ramps for handicapped families who their house doesn't accommodate them? Why? Because we're on assignment. Why will when we assess the need in Louisiana, will we send teams down? And why will people take off work and spend their vacation time to go down and mud out houses and move garbage and love on people in the name of Jesus? Why? Because we're on assignment, we're not playing games. We're not building a corporation. We're building the church and the church is on assignment and the assignment is from heaven. But it's so easy in the world we live in to just think, I'll do that at the end of the semester. I'll wait till the end of the semester to pull out the syllabus. I remember my freshman year, I was like, whose bus we getting on? Who's silly and where's his bus? (laughs) I'll just look at that later. I'll worry about that later. I got some other things to accomplish. I need to prepare for retirement. That's not bad. But I'd hate you to get to the end of your life and not have lived it on purpose. I'd hate for you to get to your end of your life and you lived it under pressure. The pressure to succeed, the pressure to keep up with the neighbors, the pressure to have a title, the pressure to, but not have had purpose. And if... I want to show you a story today that, that the disciples, that even if they could not see it, then there's there a chance that we could not see it. And then I want to challenge us to be the church that Jesus has called us to be. Are you with me? So here's the story. If you're with me, say amen every, every, every room, even online. Just say it right there. If you're in Starbucks, just be like, amen. People look at you weird. So there's this interaction that Jesus has with this woman beside a well one day. And if you've been around church anytime, you're familiar with the story. And he's having this interaction. So he comes up, the disciples are going into town. They're running to Taco Bell. And Jesus decides to stay by the well and a woman comes up to the well who is getting some water in the afternoon. She's not coming at the normal time, which would be early in the morning to avoid the heat. She's coming in the afternoon because the lifestyle she has lived is not the kind of lifestyle where she wants to interact with other women who are um, not living her lifestyle. Are y'all with me? She didn't want the judgmental looks and she, she didn't want the comments and she didn't want the eyes cutting at her. So she wanted to go at a time where nobody would be around, but it was the time that Jesus was around. I love that Jesus so cares about us that he will intersect our lives when we're trying to avoid everything. How many of you know that's true? You're trying to avoid it, but Jesus will show up even if you're trying to avoid him. He loves you so much. And so Jesus sits down, he begins to have a conversation with this woman. And so Jesus breaks through the gender barrier and he breaks through a race barrier because this is a Samaritan woman, he's a Jew, and they had nothing to do with each other. And he's a rabbi, she's a woman, they should not be in conversation. So he breaks through the race barrier, he breaks through the gender barrier, and he begins to have this conversation with this woman about water and about living water. And he says, if you keep drawing from this well, you'll remain thirsty because it's natural water and it can't really quench the thirst that is deep inside of you. And he's using water as a metaphor to talk about the thirst that all of humanity has inside of them. You have it, I have it, all of us have it, and there's only one thing that can meet it, and that's Jesus. Not another stimulus check, not a next election, yeah. <laughs> not another hit of drugs, not another sip of alcohol, not another relationship, not another sexual experience. There's only one thing that can meet the deep need within the heart of humanity, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. And so he says to her, he says, I can give you some water that'll cause you to never thirst again. And she's like, where's this magic water? And he goes on to reveal that I am the one, I am the Christ, I'm the one that can give you this living water. And they go on to kind find out that she has been, um, she's been married several times and he's like, the one you're living with now isn't your husband. And, and he, she's like, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> like, duh. Because he's telling her things about her that she, no one he couldn't have known. And, and so... Then he says to her, she says, um, she leaves him to go into the town to tell everybody about this man she's just met that's changed her life. And this is where we come into the story. If you're you're following, say amen. So the Bible says this, just then, just then at that moment, so she's heading out of town. so, So they're like passing. Jesus is talking to this woman. They're walking up. She starts to leave. The disciples are coming on the scene and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman But no one asked, what do you want? So kind of internally, they're like, why is he talking to a woman? But no one is asking the teacher why he's talking to this woman. And then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? So the disciples come up, And the writer tells us they had a question, but they never asked the question. Isn't that kind of what you would do if you were following a teacher? Isn't that kind of like the first question? Like, hey, why are you talking? Like, explain this to us. Help us understand this. Like, why are you talking to this woman? So the writer of the text tells us about the non-question that never happened. Are y'all tracking with me? And so the Bible goes on to say they came out of the town and made their way toward him. This is the crowd. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. So so Rabbi, you need something to eat. We've been walking a lot. It's a hot day. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So he's speaking to them. They want him to eat. So Jesus is replying in a metaphor about food. If you're with me, say amen. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food already? Did he Uber Eats while we were out? (laughs) And so they're not seeing it. They're not getting it. He goes, I've got food that you know nothing about. What he was talking about was the crowd coming from the town. He goes, there's something that fills me and fulfills me that is greater than natural food. It's those people that are walking towards us right now. And the disciples go, did somebody already bring in some food? And he said this, he's making it plain. My food said Jesus is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? This was a colloquialism, like we've got time. There'll be time for that. I can do that at the end of the semester. I tell you, he says, open your eyes and look at the fields for they are ripe for harvest. They say, we got time to deal with that. And he goes, no, no, I want you to open your eyes. The disciples had the same problem that I believe many of us have. And I don't think it's intentional. I don't think we wake up one day and go, I don't really care about lost humanity. I don't think we wake up one day and go, I don't really care about the brokenness of people. I just think life happens. We got our own pressures, got our own stress, got our own kids to raise. We got our own school choices to make. We got our, trying to find what college we're going to, trying to figure out what person, trying to figure out, should I stay in this relationship? Not stay in this We got bills showing up. We got, I don't think it's intentional. I don't think it's malicious. I just think life happens. But in life happening, all of a sudden, we don't see anymore. We don't, we don't see the brokenness of people. We don't see the hurt that is all around us. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. I'll never forget, I was a youth pastor leading a group of students um, to a missions trip in the heart of Los Angeles with one of our partners, um, the Dream Center, and they're doing so much amazing good in the city of LA and really around the world as they train other churches on how to open Dream Centers and, and care for the needs of the poor. And, um, and this, this incredible ministry has a floor for human trafficked women that they bring them in and help them recover and, and a floor for vets that that they finished one mission and now they're not sure where their next mission is. And so they, they house them and help them transition. And then they, they have a floor now, Matthew just said, I'm opening a floor for refugees coming from Afghan that, that are fleeing persecution. And, and you're a part of providing that for them. So they do all this amazing work, but I'll never forget, we were going down for Skid Row ministry one day. And, and um, Skid Row is just kind of an area that's just kind of, let to go to itself, it's drugs, it's out prostitution, it's everything that you can think of and more. Now, never forget that we were pulled up in our 15 passenger van, we had all these students and I had all these suburban students, not inner city students, I, you know what I mean? They lived kind of a cush life a little bit and I was like, y'all need a little reality check. You know, you got your phones and, and your Jordans and you, you need... So I took them to the inner city of LA. I'll never forget, we got off the bus and, and one of the guys that worked at the Dream Center was driving and we opened the double doors. We opened the double doors like this and we stepped out like this and we turned this way. And as we all turned to walk this way on skid row, out of a portage on came a guy and a girl and the guy handed her a few dollars and walked on and she sat back in the Port of John with the door open because she had just turned a trick for some money. Most likely to be able to purchase some drugs. You don't even see that. But how many of us, I just, can I push on you a little bit? How many of us go through life trying not to see what God is trying to show us. I heard it illustrated like this once. You know when you're trying to merge back into traffic and they won't look at you? (laughs) Let me in. It's like... Just keep... Because if I don't see you, I don't have to let you in. So if I don't see you, I don't have to meet your need. If I don't see you, I don't have to love you. If I don't see you, I don't have to invite you to church. If I don't see you, I don't have to pick you up off the side of the street and take you to a shelter if I don't see you. Jesus said, I got food you don't know anything about. And it's to do the will of the one who sent me. And what he's saying is I'm on an assignment and you're worried about Taco Bell. Maybe today Jesus would say, I'm on assignment and you're fighting about a mask. I don't get it. Maybe today he would say, I'm on assignment and you're worrying about somebody's post. I have food you don't know anything about. Are you following me? So i want to give you three thoughts real quick. Three thoughts today about being on assignment. And it's my prayer for us as as a church. Number one is this, write it down if you're a note taker. If not, write it down. Number one, my prayer is that you see the need that you see the need. Look what, G, what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had, somebody shout compassion. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here's my prayer for us today, for, for the church that we would see the need. Jesus had compassion on them. And here's why. It's because they understood they were harassed. They were helpless. They had no shepherd. He didn't look at them and go, man, they're making dumb choices. Those idiots. Why do they act like that? A counselor friend of mine says that if someone is acting irrational, it's probably because you don't know a part of their story. Could we be the church that sees the need, not judge the need? Well, they could get a job it's not our, that, that's not our role in the earth. Are you following me? Like, If they would just vote the way I do or if I can't, I can't help them because they, they have a different perspective. Or they No, no, no. Just God, help us to see the need. Help us to have compassion on people. Help us to look at broken humanity around us like Jesus did and go, they're helpless and they're directionless and no wonder they respond that way. No wonder they make those choices. No wonder they haven't encountered the love of God and if they're going to encounter the love of God, they're going to encounter it through the church of Jesus Christ, saying, here we are with open arms, with open doors. Come one, come all. We want to introduce you to the Savior. We haven't figured it all out. This is not a cruise ship for you to sit back by the pool and enjoy and sip on your cocktail. We are a battleship. You man your station. We are on an assignment from King Jesus. So God, help us to see the need. These last 18 months, I feel like all we can see is the difference. Well, you're not like me. You don't think like me. You don't agree with me. I love what my friend John Maxwell says. He says, find the one thing you agree on and give it 100% of your attention. The world finds the one thing you disagree on and gives it 100% of their attention. How would we ever reach a hurting and lost world if all we are about is what we are against? May this church me, may the church of Jesus Christ stand up and go, no, we're for people. We're for Jesus. We're for caring for the hurting. We're for people coming to know Jesus. We are for you because we serve a God that is for you and not against you. But we gotta be able to see the need. We can't see the need if we're doing this. So, man, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And once you see it, you're responsible. It's not my responsibility. If you're a Christian, it is. It's why it matters. It's why it matters. I don't want you just to see the need. Number two, if you're with me, shout amen. I want you to feel the urgency. Listen to me, church. We look in that camera. We don't have until the end of the semester. You can't put off the assignment until finals week. It'll be too late. The Bible says it this way. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. For night is coming when no one can work. In other words, what we got to do, we better do it now. What we got to do, we better do it right now. Well, Pastor, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We got to figure out how in the middle of a pandemic to do it and to do it now. Are you following me? We don't have time to hit the pause button. We don't have time to stop. There are people all around us. Jesus said, while there is daylight, let us do the work that God has called us to do because there's a time when night is coming and you won't be able to make the invitation and you won't be able to feed the poor and you won't be able to rescue the person and you won't be able to help them find. There, is an ur- there should be an urgency within us for this assignment that God has us on. There should be an urgency. There should be a, no, I don't have time to put that off. I can't wait. I can't start serving once I have time. I have to figure out how to make time now. I I can't wait till retirement to really start to use my gift for the kingdom of God. I've gotta do it right now. I I can't wait until there's a better time to get all in on the mission of Jesus. I've gotta do it now. Why? Because there's an urgency about it. I gotta work the works now. I got to do it in this moment, in this season. Years ago, I told this story. I think it bears repeating. I was, our family was at Disney when our older two were little and the two younger, the babies now were not a thought. <laughs> and we were there with our best friends and, and their kids um, were, were similar in age. And we all went to Disney, and we were at the resort where we were staying, and um, our, our friend's little boy, we all gathered to go, let's go get on the bus and go to a park. And all of a sudden, we looked around. We were like, where, where is he? Where's Noah? And, and no one said anything. And it was like slow motion, but everyone dispersed. I mean, no one said, like, you go this way, I'll check the lobby, I'll check this. Everyone just like poof and started looking in different directions because there was a little boy that was missing. And we just started everywhere. I mean, fast, like, Noah, where are you? Noah, Noah, no. Hey, have you seen a little boy? Hey, I mean, we went to everywhere. There was an urgency inside of us that caused us to go up to complete strangers and go, have you seen this Little boy, hey, I, I don't know. Have you seen? I didn't. I didn't. Need, I didn't ask their name. I didn't try to build a relationship. Are y'all following me? I didn't try to like get to know where they were from. Hey, where y'all from? You have to get. Have you? We were missing somebody. Have you seen? No, we just went straight in to. Ha- are y'all following me? Why? Because there was an urgency. Because someone was missing. I just want to say to us, there should be that kind of urgency because there are children of God that are missing, that are disconnected from the family, and it should be. There should be something in us that goes. I've got to get out. I've got to serve. I've got to go invite. I can't go through Starbucks again and see that same barista and not invite them to come to church with me. And I can't drive by that person that is hurting again and not do any. I can't turn the other way. I can't act like I'm on my phone at the red light so I don't have to make eye contact with them. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you there is an urgency about the mission because people need to know God. They need to... No, God, this is what we are about. They need to find freedom from all of their yesterdays, so they can be everything God wants them to be in all of their tomorrows. They need to get on the growth track and discover their purpose so ultimately can do the end of every believer, which is to go and make a difference in the world around them. I want you to feel the urgency of this amazing assignment we get to be on. Then number three, I want you to become the solution. Not wait for somebody else to be the solution. You be the solution. You are the solution. You're God's plan A. I don't know if you know that. There's no plan B. Ephesians says this, that that we're God's workmanship. We're created in Christ to do good works. And guess what? Before you were ever born you're ever born he assigned them to you you have an assignment you are the solution well pastor I can't preach or lead worship whoever said that was your assignment I don't know enough of the bible well who said being a bible scholar was your assignment you can love can't you you can smile you can shake a hand you can say a prayer You can put an arm around somebody, can't you? The assignment isn't hard. It's just we don't see it. We have an assignment to be the solution, to be grace to people and to lead them to truth. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's Jesus and we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace, and full of truth. If we get any criticism as a church, it's this. You don't, you don't give enough truth. Okay. And in the church world, I don't know if you know this, there's kind of two camps. There's the truth camp, which is like, just tell them all the truth. All the time. It's like you're going to hell and and then there's like a grace camp that's like, let's just run through flowers, fields of daisies, and God's love and everything is great. And technically both of them were right. But alone, it's not what God's called us to do. Let me say it this way: truth without grace is mean. It's a lot of people's experience of church. Grace without truth is meaningless. And we're to be the solution. We're to be the carriers of grace into the hearts of hurting people and lead them to the only thing that can set them free. And that is the truth of the person of Jesus Christ. There is a hurting world. 7.6 billion people in the earth. 2.2 claim to know Jesus. 5.4 right now need a church that is alive and on fire. And I'll just tell you, as long as God graces me to lead this church, we will continue to advance We will never cower back. We will continue to reach outside the walls. We will continue to open our doors to anyone and everyone and we'll continue to do anything short of sin to reach people that are far from God. Beginning on September 12th, I want to tell you this so you can be praying for it. Beginning on September 12th, we're going to be doing something new and fresh that I've been praying about and thinking about for a long time. And uh, Tammy and I and the team, we've been praying about thinking through, and it's this, we're moving our Richmond campus Sunday morning service to Sunday night at 5 p.m. i will to tell you why. Earlier this year, I just began to pray and thank God, where's the most opportunity for expansion? Uh, I'm, we're not going to cower back and just huddle up. We've got to keep reaching people. They need to know the love of Jesus. And and honestly, our Richmond campus has been there three years, and it's, it's steadily grown, but it hasn't caught fire the way that I honestly thought it would, simply because there's 1.5 million people around, close to that in Richmond. And we've never been in that kind of dense of population. We've you know been around 100,000, 150,000, and I thought, man, with that much people, we... I think we'll really see some potential there to reach a whole lot of people for Jesus. And so I just began to do some research and my question was this, and my theory was this, I don't know that a metropolitan area will receive video teaching from a smaller town. I think there's a disconnect. And I began to ask our team down there, does there feel like there's a disconnect? And they were like, Pastor, actually, yeah, there does feel a bit of a disconnect. And I thought then, well, let's try something new. So how many of you know, if what you're doing isn't working, then change what you're doing. Don't keep doing it. And so beginning September 12th, Tammy and I are going to go live every Sunday night at 5 p.m. in Richmond and just see what God does. Now, some of you, I know you're wondering, how's that affect me? (laughs) Sunday mornings won't change. We'll keep doing Sunday mornings like we always have. But I want you to pray. I believe God wants to do something in the city of Richmond. I believe that God wants to send revival into the city of Richmond. And, and we're just saying, God, use us, send us. But pastor, you're, you're 45. You're gonna preach all day long. I'm on assignment. What else am I gonna do with my life? Where else am I gonna spend my energies? You mean we're going to lead the church towards all that? Yeah, we're on an assignment. We have an assignment. We're not playing games. Are y'all with me? Because every number is a name, and every name represents a story and a person that Jesus hung on the cross to give his life for. And so we're going to figure out everything we can do. A friend of mine said, what do you expect? I said, I have no idea what to expect, but I do expect this, that a whole lot of people are going to meet Jesus and their lives are gonna be forever changed. Let me illustrate it to you really quickly, all right? Um, Ben and Josh, come up here real quick. Will you give me a few minutes? You with me? hang with me. Because I think you can say numbers and you can say, we need to reach a city and blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I gotta, uh, what are we having for lunch, honey? But I want you to know that every number is a face. It's a person Jesus died for that needs the love of God. So there was, there was a, a hurricane that hit the south not too many years ago, and it killed over 250 people. And so if you were to line up, line up back-to-back, back. come closer, Ben. No, I'm sorry. Turn around, not back-to-back. <laughs> back. You were doing right. If you were to line up all those people that died like this, it would almost be the length of a football field. On 9-11, 2,996 people were killed. And if you were to line all of them up like this, it would be 6 tenths of a mile. So just picture walking 6 tenths of a mile, face after face after face. The tsunami that hit that December killed 250,000 people. If you were to line them up like this, it would be 47 miles. Picture driving from Fredericksburg to Richmond and see face after face, after face, after face. Picture driving from Louisville and about halfway between there and Lexington, face, after face, after face. That's 250,000 people, you you guys can have a seat. There's 7.6 billion people in the world, 2.2 billion claim to know Christ. And let's assume that they all have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. That leaves 5.4 billion people that are without the gospel, without a relationship with Jesus. If we started a line at the widest part of the equator, we would go from Virginia all the way to the east coast, west coast, we'd have to build a bridge over the ocean. We'd have to come all the way back around and the line would have to meet back where it started. These are people, not statistics. And then it would have to wrap around again. And then it would have to wrap around again, but not 10 times, not 20 times, not 50 times, not 75 times, not 100 times, 124 times at the widest part of the equator, heel to toe, Would be the lines of people that don't know Jesus right now. And we're worried about our parking spots and where we sit in the room and whether you got a mask on or don't have a mask on and who you voted for and the color of your skin and what you wear. Church, we're on assignment. And we have the greatest message ever given to humanity, that Jesus can save your soul, set you free, and give you purpose in the earth. So may today, may today something be renewed in you that sees the need all around you. May today you feel the urgency and may you become the solution. You are God's plan A. There is no plan B. Do you receive the word together today? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. some of you today you don't need to see the need feel the urgency be the solution because you're the one that you know in your heart you're far from God and you need this good news yourself you need this good news of the gospel and the Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved you call out to him today he'll forgive you change you give you a brand new beginning a fresh start and I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me if that's the desire of your heart the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead we will be saved today I believe that can happen for you and so you say today pastor I'm far from God I, I don't have assurance of eternity I don't have the hope that my sins are forgiven, that I'm a new creation. Today, you can have a brand new beginning in Jesus. And with no one looking around, we wouldn't embarrass you for the world. No one's gonna come to you or point you out. If that's you today, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to include me in that prayer in just a moment at every location today. If that's you, and when I count to three, you just shoot your hand up high in the air one, two, three. You just shoot it up. God bless you. God bless you. You can put them down. Church, let's pray this together out loud for the benefit of those who are making this decision today. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, celebrate those who made that decision. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening to the Life Point Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.